Okay, the scripture reading this morning is taken from the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 1 to 13. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to, other, to people in other generations, and it has now been revealed by the Spirit of, to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace, given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. are the praise of God's glory. We are the masterpiece of God. And we are the one in Christ. It is such a great privilege to be a church, right? But we know privileges requires responsibilities. In today's scripture reading, Apostle Paul reveals the responsibilities of a church. First, we are now prisoners of Christ Jesus. Paul said, for this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. He was in prison. But also he mentioned that we were free before, but now we are a prisoner of Christ Jesus, not the prison of this world. But we were more than free before, but we were persecutors. We were persecutors because we lived on our own terms, with our own will, our plan, our desires, we were free. Often that we against God and His church, even our faith. But now Paul reminds us we are now prisoner of Christ. And now we are being persecuted. We were persecuted, but we are persecuted. From being persecutors to persecuted for Gentile, 
the unchurched for today. This is the choice we made, and we can claim ourselves as a church, Christian. How we're being persecuted or being prisoned for the gospel and the unchurched people in your life. How we're being persecuted. What do we sacrifice being church? in our daily life? Aren't we still live on our own terms sometimes? Especially when we talking about our money, our life, my family, my position, my desires. So in what way are we being persecuted for the gospel. And second thing, second responsibility is economy. Economy came from two Greek words. Oikos. Oikos means house, family, or house. Oikos. And nomos, which means the law or administration, management. So economy means managing or administration of my house, my family. That's economy. And Paul uses economy in this verse. He said, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. Paul used oikonomia, the stewardship, administration, economy for God's grace. So now we manage God's grace for others, especially for those Gentiles, for the world, unchurched. So before, what was our economy? My money, right? We need to manage my money, my family, my country, Right. But now our priority has been changed from my life to others. God, but others. Through managing stewardship, others. We honor God. That doesn't mean that you, we desert our family or my life. But expand our economy, our stewardship for God's grace for all. Maybe we used to think, well, I'm sorry for the family, you know, they're going, the husband lost job and having difficult time. But I'm okay. I still have my job. Maybe we just justify, I'm okay. As long as I'm okay, as long as my family is okay, as long as my country is okay, other family, other people, I don't know. But when we become church, 
we have to expand our economy, our stewardship, our responsibility to all people. Not even human beings, even the nature. So, what do we manage now in our life? What is your economy now? You just, are you just still take care of stewardship of your life only? Third responsibility is being together. Being together, which is, Paul says, mystery. Mystery. The Greek word for mystery is mysterion. Mysterion. Which has a meaning of closed eyes. Closed eyes. Because ancient people believe that mystery only revealed by God, divine. So it's not comprehending. We being together is only through enlightening, enlightenment. We cannot explain we are together, church together, by our reason or our intelligence. It's a mystery. And Paul said, this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and share together in the promise in Christ Jesus. In other translation, partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus. Because the mystery is that we are together. Why? Why we are together together? Because we are not together, right? We are not together. Even we are separated by the Major League Baseball team, right? Right? Regionally, you know, racially, culturally, many ways. It was funny that long time ago I went to mission trip with the, my former church, um, uh, the West Lawn, in Sinking Spring. We were on the top of the roof in in Kentucky, it was a hot summer day. And two church members start arguing about which bologna you like. Which ring bologna you like. Lebanon bologna is better or, you know, Kuchtan bologna is better. They've been talking about bologna, ring bologna for hours on the... Wow! These guys really separated by the ring bologna. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know. I, I cannot tell the, the difference between ring bologna. But we are generally, naturally, we are separated by what we've been believed, what we've been experienced. But Paul says we are together, even with Israel. Even we are members of one body, all together. Because first, we are heirs together to receive the salvation from God. But it was unthinkable back in the days. Being a part of Israel, being a part of children of God, a Yahweh. Not general God, but Yahweh, the God of Israel. You know, Israel people always say, God of Abraham, God of Jacob, God of Israel, Isaac. How can you, being a Gentile, think of being a part of Israel? 
But Paul says we are co-heir of this Israel salvation through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ broken down the wall between Israel, the race, the language, the culture, the, even the law. But now we are heir together. Are we co-heir together today? We must admit that we have many walls today still. The wall of race still. Economy, being poor, being rich, upper class, you know, middle class. Right? By the politics nowadays. Languages, even between generations, right? Young people, older people. So church, we must send a message that we are co-heir, we are all together. There's no wall, no barrier anymore because of Jesus Christ. And Paul says we are the members of one body, Jesus Christ. So church, one body means, yes, it's one body. Just like you, just you one. So you, if somebody step on your toe, then you feel the pain. Oh, that's, that's toe, I, I, you know. Um, no, we can't do that. It's your toe. So church, we are all different individuals, separated, different families. Right? Dif- different economy, different finance and everything. But we must feel the pain of others. So churches of, of empathy and compassion. You know, that's, we have a s- huge challenge for that because we are so fragmented in this society by individuals. Individualism is so... Toxic to our generation, then there's no morality in our society anymore. Like not, like not like you used to. You don't have to be together. You can be by yourself. You to watch TV, whatever, watch a movie, whatever. You don't even have to go to theater anymore to watch a movie, right? So, so church must send a message of we are the one body. We must have create this community of empathy. You feel that way? I hear you. I feel you. I pray this morning for those soldiers killed in Afghanistan. There are 13 people, and there are hundreds, over 170 people killed. But usually we open, just call them as just number. Yeah, 13 Servicemen, women died. But we know they are not numbered for those, their parents, their brother, sister, they are not numbers, right? We must consider other people as name, as individual, because we want to feel their pain, even though we don't know them. That's the community of empathy and compassion Jesus wants us to create through the church. That means we are together. We joy, sorrowful, loneliness, and we rejoice together, we cry together, we laugh together. That's community. That's what we have to 
send a message to our community here. And that we are also partaker of the promise of God. Share, right? We partake the promise of God. Yes, yes. That doesn't mean just we share the same, our faith, the eternal salvation. But it means more of we living together in the time of God, the Kairos once again. We don't live in the Kronos anymore. We're living in the past, our present, and future. They're all together in this time of God. That means for our past, we believe. For our present, we love our present. And for our future, we hope for the future. We're together. Because our past is done. Oh, well, forget about our, my past. Because it was a bad day. It was not good, good time, so I just forget about it. No, we live together with our past. Embrace our past. Whether it's good or bad, we embrace them. Because we believe that God was there with us. And for the present, whether it's a good day or bad day, we love our present. Today, we love today. And we hope for the future. That's being partaker of our hope in eternity. And the fourth responsibility is we are servant. He calls it, we are no longer the Lord. We are servant. Yeah, I've been always servant. I, I, I was employees. I was not employer or, you know, CEO. I was employees always. No, for your life, for our life. We are no longer the Lord, the king of our own life. Like Jesus said, we are not here to, to be served, but to serve, we are here. So the first church, all the church, every church is not a cruise ship. Many people, many people, they want to be served in church. Well, I'm old now. Maybe I'm retired from the ministry. No, you can spread the gospel, share the gospel, serving the Lord with your capacity and with your gift. I warn you, there's no retirement age in church. You know that, right? So be careful when you take a job. A ministry in church. You know that. We are rescue boat. We are battleship. So everyone in church, we are sailors. Nobody is a passenger here. We must work. Come to church, we must work. Saving people. Nobody is sitting on a reclined chair and then sipping cocktails in church. Are you working then? Are we working? Paul said, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. He said, we became servant, diaconia, deacon. We call deacon today, diaconos, diaconos. It's just worker, 
just working people. Elder, like me, elder, preach the gospel, and deacon, they do the work of church. Many things. Right? Just our, our own will, our intention. No, the power coming from the living gospel. But many times we do not have this power. Because God, gospel is not a book. It is life to be lived. Gospel is life to be lived. Amen? It's not set of observances. It's not something we read, but it is life. Gospel is life, and there's a power. So we must work with this power until we depart from this earthly life. I'm sure when we go up there, there's something work to do. Then what do we do? What do we do as a servant? What do we do as workers in church? Paul said his intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Whatever we do, whatever you do, we make the wisdom of God to be known to the rulers and authorities in the world. What is the wisdom of God? What is the secret of God? What is the truth of God? It's fundamental. But, but the world, they don't know. Because God is the host of our history, of our time. God is the host. God is the master. God is the Lord of our time and history. So history is under God's providence. Providence. It's God's providence. Yes, sometimes it's so hard to understand his providence, but it is God's providence. But the rulers, the people in the world, they think they are the host of this world, right? If you have a lot of money, if you are CEO of a big company, if you are president or prime minister, they think they have power, they can do whatever they want. They think they control the world, but no. No. God is in control. That's what we must proclaim. So we are the light to the world to see this truth. God is the host of our time. Paul said, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with the freedom and confidence. We're no longer nobody in the worldly perspective. We are no longer nobody. Even though church's presence 
is insignificant today, right? Who cares? Who go to church? Why do you go to church? That kind of attitude we're living with. But we, we are not the powerful of this world. Nobody here is a CEO of a company or, you know, powerful people in the world. But we are the high priest. Jesus called us the high priest who can approach to God with the freedom and confidence. We have that access. Because we submit ourselves to God. So we have access to God with confidence and freedom. It comes from the self-transcendence. Self-transcendence. We must win over ourselves to win the world. So Paul said, this one secret of prevail the world. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. My suffering is your glory. Our suffering is our glory. Doesn't make sense. But our suffering gives us freedom. Suffering, because we suffer for Christ, we suffer for Jesus' name, so we have a freedom that reveals you are free. Instead, we submit to the world. We instead of submit to ourselves to the money, instead of submit ourselves to the desires, we submit ourselves to Christ. Yes, then oftentimes we have to go through the suffering. That means we are free. Amen? Don't be slave to the money or power, whatever the people say. We are free. We must be free. Because we suffer for Christ. We are prisoners. We are being persecuted. It is the evidence of our glory. It is glory. When we sacrifice myself for others, when we serving other people, when we share our, with ours with other people, Yes, we are not rich. We cannot eradicate the poverty of the world. We cannot stop the war in the world. It seems we can do nothing for this world. But we point them, our finger to the kingdom of God so they can turn their eyes to see the kingdom of God because we are living word, gospel, Our life is the gospel. And we show them we are free, our freedom and confidence, so they will follow us. But if our suffering, just for our selfish reason, our sinful desire, because of our brokenness, right? We're being sick, we're being broken, we go through everything, the calamity, whatever, the hardship in the world, like those people. Is that the suffering? Is that only suffering? Then it's not the glory. Peter. Remember Peter? 
and his disciples after the Pentecost. They've been preaching in the Jerusalem, everywhere. Thousands of people come to Christ. And they were arrested for preaching the gospel. And the court, they call Sanhedrin, the court of Jerusalem, they warned them not to preach the gospel anymore. And they flogged them. And they released them. But the book of Acts says this. The apostles left the court rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. It's just so powerful, isn't it? They've been counted. They're so rejoicing because they've been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name Jesus Christ. They were so happy. They were so excited, even being flogged. Day by day. Day after day, in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. And thousands of people have been baptized, become Christians. Sisters and brothers in Christ, Jesus is the Messiah. He suffered and gave us victory. So we must suffer disgrace for his name. That is our joy. Let's not be discouraged because my illness, my aging, my finance, my problem. Let's not be discouraged just for that. Let's take the suffering for others. Pray for others. Give others. Helping others. Love others. That suffering, from that we have received this suffering and that disgrace for Jesus Christ. That is our victory. That's our glory. So we can say we are heirs together and we are members together and we are partakers of together of eternal promise of God. So friends, don't be discouraged because we are church. We are foolish in the eye of the world because of my suffering, because of my shortcomings, because of my habitual sin. Don't be discouraged. Because when we still walk towards the Calvary, we reveal Jesus Christ through our life. And we are the gospel, living gospel. Yes, the world is stubborn. They don't listen. But it's up to God. We just walk towards the Calvary. And we are the champion. We are not the defeated. We are champion in this world and the world to come. Amen.